Announce this to your neighbor. Say, he is strong. As I was studying on this lesson, preparing to bring this word to us, just looking at this text, it reminded me of the song I learned as a child. Yes, Jesus loves me. And it says, for we are weak, but he is strong. Isn't that good news? Because what he is highlighting here in Romans, the 16th chapter, is the weeks, the infirmities, the frailty of who we are, and the great strength and the power, the omnipotence of who God is. When you look at this coming towards the end of this great letter of Romans written by Paul to a church he has yet to meet or yet to go to visit, but encouraging them to be good Christians. The word reminds us, as Christ has taught us, that they will know you are my disciple by how you love one another. He says, this new command I give you, that you love one another. If you can help me tell your neighbor that, tell him just simply this, that Jesus said, you ought to love one another. If you missed anything this morning, you done preached to yourself. Here I want us to grab why he is strong. First, he is strong because he is able to love the weak. Jesus has demonstrated his love that he bore the weak of us. He bore the infirmities. You go back to the fifth chapter of Romans. It says, while we were yet still sinners, while we were enemies of God, it behooved him to die for us. I like that aspect of behoovement means that how we like to say that he didn't have to, but he did. But when you look at the behoovement, he loved us so much that he had to. I wish I had somebody here this morning that God loved me so much he had no choice but to die on the cross for me. He loved me so much he had to bleed to set me free. He loved me so much he was forsaken for me to be accepted. He loved me so much he was rejected so I could be exalted. That's why John 3 said, for God so loved the world. He gave. So I'm so glad that his love moved him in such a way that he had no choice but to show me how much he loves me. I'm talking to somebody here this morning. I, I want us to see how Jesus has demonstrated his love to the weak. The writer says, as it quoted in Psalm, that he bore the insults of our persecutors so that we will not have to. This is done to serve the weak because how many of us know that when someone becomes weak, they can no longer bear a burden, no longer bear a strength. They need somebody else to help them out. In the situation, I, I don't know about you, but if you might have played with some building some cars up and making you a car castle, and sometimes you found a spot weak, you had to put some extra cars there to build it up. Uh, some of y'all not with me on the cars, so some of y'all might know how you might have a cracked foundation in your basement. You know, just pouring water on it won't help it, but you got to get some extra concrete, some golf, something else to put aside to support it, to build it up. Some of y'all still not with me. Uh, some of y'all got a broke down car. And you realize that you just cannot put some tape on it to build up, but you got to go find another part or something else to put inside that is stronger than what was already there in order for it just to go on a little bit further. I'm still haven't got anybody. Some of y'all got a bad heart. 
And you had to go to the doctor. He had to put something inside of you to strengthen up what was weak so you could just go on a little further. What I'm trying to point out, when you are weak, you need something strong to help you out. I'm sorry, I, I, try, I was trying to calm myself down, but I just got excited, y'all. I was trying to be, be calm and trying to talk all dignified, but y'all know me. I, I can't help myself. I want us to grab here that Jesus did not come to please himself. If we are to have the mind of Christ, tell your neighbor, don't please yourself. I know some of y'all said that to somebody else, but now you need to say it to yourself, don't please yourself. I say you need to say it to yourself. Say, don't please yourself. Just say it to yourself because we, we realize that it's easy to tell somebody else, but if you tell yourself, some things start coming to your head. That cabinet you got in your house. Those things you got locked up in your closet. The plans you make on Friday morning for Friday evening. They're all about how you want to please yourself. But if you look how Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but I come to serve. Let me bring it home to somebody out. Do you go to a restaurant? To go cook your own food. No, you came there to be served. And so in the same process, we need to realize this aspect is that our Christ did not come that way. To see what you're going to do for me. But he came to say, what can I do for you? When we look at the process here, that when we realize what it means to love somebody as Christ loves, that I will put your need above my need. I, I will know it's cold outside and I will open up the door for me to get in, but I happen to see you walking slowly from your car. I got a choice. Will I just let the door close and go ahead and walk on it or will I hold the door open unless you take your time to walk and come on through? Some of you say, I'm not feeling you. I understand. I understand. Let me help you out another way. You, you are in your car in the parking lot of a store. And there's a stop sign to let pedestrians go. You see them coming. They're not in the crosswalk yet. So you have a choice. Will you speed up and go on through because you don't want them to go before. You will stop and wait and let them know to go on across to tell that other couple to go on across. And then once it's clear, you will go on through. See, the process is many times in our lives we are concerned about our time and our hurriness and how quick we need to get something done. But can I tell you that you're not the only one? You might be a blessing to somebody else that was in a hurry or in a way. For example, many of us will want that ambulance to come on unhalted when it's coming to our house. But we want to make sure we get that red light. And we make our right turn and, and hold up the ambulance because they're not as far. But not me. I will pull over. I let cars go on by. I and mean, I was laughing to myself as the ambulance passed me by. I went on around. I'm sorry, it was the fire engine went on around. Then I followed those cars that speeded past me. They would stop at the traffic light. I pulled her right next to them and says, you didn't get no further than you thought you was going to go. When we think that we're trying to do something for ourselves, we're only hurting ourselves. But when we realize as Christ has called us how we need to be weak for us truly to be strong, we find out when I let you go before me, I'm not weak. I am strong. Look what this is, that 
He is weak for us. Jesus is strong for us because we are weak. I want us to grab here this, that God does never send us out unprepared. Tell your, tell your neighbor, help in case they missed it when I said, tell them, God will not send you out unprepared. And if you didn't like those big words, to say, God will give you what you need. <laughs> what I want you to grab here is this, that God will equip the weak with hope. He will equip the weak with hope. This hope that he gives us also gives us another uh, uh, characteristics to exemplify, to walk out in our lives. Because when we have hope in him, we are able to endure. To endure means that we'll be able to be there for the weak and for the strong. To stand for righteousness in the midst of darkness. To endure means that no matter what pressures are all around me, I will be reminded by this great writer Paul when he wrote to the letter of Corinthians that I may be an earthen vessel, but I have something precious on the inside. And since I have something precious on the inside, it's able to withstand the pressure on the outside. And so as much as I may be squeezed and perplexed, I, I might crack, but I won't shout. I might bend, but I won't break because I have something inside of me that's able to put up with the stuff and the mess that's outside of me. Because I realize that the hope I have is a reason why I'm living. Let me give you another example. If you didn't grab that one, there's a story about a mouse. Two of them fell into milk. One just decided, I'm just going to sink and die. The other one started treading as fast as he could, turned that milk into butter, and got on out. It's amazing when you endure because you know I can get on out, how things start changing in your faith. Let, let me give you another one. There's a, two mice who are dropped in the bottle of water. One is in total darkness. Decided it died in like 60 seconds. But one had a glimpse of light and kept on swimming because it saw some light. Said it lasted over 24 hours swimming in that jar. Y'all missed it. The, the other one was down in a minute. The other one was able to hold out for 24 hours because it saw some light. Let me tell you somebody else what's going on right now. As long as I can see some light, as long as I know there's some hope, I won't give up. I won't give in because I know. Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. I know I can face tomorrow. The psalmist said, because he lives. So when we have hope, we're able to endure. Then once we're able to endure, then not only will you be able to encourage others, you too be encouraged. It says that we will be comforted or we'll be encouraged. That same word is used to describe the Holy Spirit. You look at verse 13, we have the hope through the Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit, this is what you receive in Romans 8. Paul says we have the spirit of adoption, which means we can now call God Father, Abba, Father. And if that makes God our Father, who is the king? Help me out, somebody. If my daddy is the king, then the kingdom is mine, too. And if the kingdom is mine, everything in the kingdom is mine. 
And so therefore, I not only become a heir, I'm a co-heir with the son. I said the son, I mean the only begotten son, the son. And, and not only am I an heir with him, now this is what we're going to lose some people. I'm also willing to suffer with him. Because I can't have his glory without his suffering. And so since I understood the hope that I have, if he can bear the cross uh, for the glory of me, how much more can I bear some insults, uh, bear the losing of some friends, uh, the bear of losing of some money, the bear of losing of other things in my life just to gain the kingdom. We talked about in our Sunday school class, the Bible says that Jesus said it this way, that what does a man profit? To gain the whole world, but loseth his soul. You can be a billionaire with a private jet and never have to cook a meal or do anything all your life. But if you don't have Jesus, you'll be like that rich man in the story with Lazarus. And you will be willing just for a man with leprosy to stick his dirty finger in your mouth just to get you some relief. I lost somebody. Go back and read Luke, Luke, Luke 15 chapter by yourself. You'll find out what I'm talking about. Hey, that it does not matter how big your house is or how much money you have if you don't have Jesus. But when you have him, you can endure the hardships of this world. And you can tell your neighbor, just keep on pushing. Everything's going to be all right. He is still on the throne. He's still working out on our behalf. My God is coming back. So it may be bad, but it's going to get. So we get comforted by the Holy Spirit to encourage us to walk. Not only will we have endurance, not only will we have encouragement, but now we are truly, truly equipped with one mind. Since God will not sign us up and send us out unprepared. He will give us the tools we need to build the kingdom. He wants to make us one. To all be in one, bringing glory to the Lord with one heart and one voice. When you look in the Bible and you see how they say, and they all lifted up one voice. To me, my imagination got it. How do they all know what to say? That, that's how my mind runs. It's like, how could they all say the same thing at the same time? And then as I started studying and learning that, it did not necessarily mean they were saying the same thing. But they were doing the same thing. Let me help you out. Pastor Price might say, hallelujah. Deacon Kyle might say, thank you, Jesus. But they're lifting up one voice. The one voice is going to, I'm praising and worshiping the one who's responsible for everything that's happening in my life. I may not say it the same way you say it, but my mind's in the same place your mind is. That I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And so everything that I say starts warping around there. So I might say, hallelujah. I might say, thank you, Jesus. I might say, Lord, have mercy. I might say, I'm a sinner in need of repentance. But my mind is, how can I serve the kingdom? Because all of this is pointing to who is my hope, the great hope. This great hope is in the one who is strong enough to accept the sinner and not be one. This hope is strong enough that it can accept the sinners and still bring glory to God. I have to put a footnote there because some of us can accept sinners, but we start being like the sinners. 
But we need to realize how we can accept the sinners and bring glory to God. How we can have them a time of conversion that we don't join in with them, but they join in with us. And say, follow me as I follow Christ. As I live a life that's holy. As I live a life that's pure. As I lift up holy hands with their pure heart. How is that possible? You're asking a good question today. That means I got to get down on my knees and say, Lord, forgive me for all my sins. And Lord, help me to turn back over to you and beat my chest like that test collector said, Lord, Lord, have mercy on me, for I am a sinner. And then we can go home justified. Because it's not ourselves who's justified, but Christ justifies us through Christ and his blood and his mercy. Let me tell you something about who our hope is in. Our hope is in the one that says my yoke is easy. And my burden is like, come inside and sit under my teeth and find rest. For your soul. Anybody here need of some rest? Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, you can have a glimpse of rest, but there's a time when we're going to have true rest. But before I get to let me tell you about a little bit something that's about how strong he is. He says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hold on, Jesus. Can you tell me why your yoke is easy and your Burden is light. Well, if you look in Isaiah 53, he says, Behold, his chastisement shall be upon him. He was stricken for our sake. The reason why his yoke is easy, his burden is light, because he took on your yoke. But can I help you out? When he took on your yoke, it wasn't just yours. It was 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 yours. And I don't know about you, but when you start adding stuff on to an already heavy load, it gets heavier and it gets heavier and it gets heavier. But he says, I'll take your burdens. I'll take your pains. I'll take your weakness. I'll take all the punishment that's due to you so I can give you peace. I can give you joy. I can give you a whole lot of gifts that come down from heaven. So he is strong enough in serving the Jews in God's truth. It says here that, and he made room for the Gentiles according to his mercy. Gentiles are now able to rejoice in the Lord. See, some of y'all should have stood up and shout right there because if you don't know who he's talking to, he's talking about us. Uh, I, I, I don't know everybody's family tree, but if you can't claim your, your great-grandpappy, great-great-grandpappy ancestry comes from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, then you're not a Jew. But if, you, if you're not a Jew, I'm so glad that he still died for me and saved me free. So that's what he's talking about, the Gentiles, that because I'm not one of his chosen nation, I'm still one of the chosen. Jesus said, uh, I chose you. I'm so glad that in spite of my mess in my life and how weak I am, but yet in the Lord I am strong. Because I realize my strength does not come from me, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We talked about that series on you, Lord. I wait all the day because in you is my salvation. How to wait on the Lord. When we wait on the Lord, all we got to do is just simply just trust in his promise. We have the hope to endure. We have been encouraged through the spirit to endure. Then we got the great example of endurance. 
This hope is the root of Jesse, the ruler over the nations, and the Gentiles hope in him. Isaiah said, who have believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed, for shall grow up before him as a tender plant, that's the root of Jesse, and, and set out a root of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Lord have mercy. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace, of my peace, of your peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord have laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. But I'm so glad that's not how the story ends. Uh, he was buried on that on that that that, 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 that Friday night. But early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hands. And, and he says, Lo, God has given me all authority. What do you mean by all authority? He means all. A-L-L. That's all. Uh, everything above, below, and in between uh, belongs to him. Uh, what does that mean? He got all authority. It means that I must be weaker. And he is strong. I'm so glad. Yes, sir. Jesus loves me. Uh, for the Bible tells me so. Uh, he sold me so. How did he sold me so? He died. Uh, all folks say, didn't he die? Yes, he died. Uh, he died on the cross uh, for a sinner like me. Uh, I'm a wretch, uh, unhelpless. Uh, can't help myself. Can't save myself. But he's strong enough. Uh, strong enough to stress me out uh, of my deepest sin and raise me up uh, as he raised you up. And that's why I'm excited. That because of the sin mess in my life, I can't get out of it. My chains seem heavy and burdensome. But Jesus got the keys in his hand and he can set me free. Some of y'all right now think about how can I be set free. I'm glad you're asking the question. It's not how can I be set free. The question is who can set me free. I want you to know, help me tell your neighbor, says, who the sun sets free. It's free indeed. And somebody ought to say, free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. I'm free at last. I'm done preaching now. I'm done with the message now. But this is for that one that needs to be set free. I want you to know, yes, you are weak. But he is strong. He's stronger than anything you've ever seen before. This is how strong he is. If you understand how the planets work, we circle around one big star. This big star we know as the sun. Its gravitation pull is so strong, it keeps everything in its place. Y'all missed it, but I'm going to keep on moving on. And since this sun is always in the right position, 
It keeps everything in its proper position. Some of y'all caught on, but I'm still moving on. And since that sun's gravitation pull is so strong, every planet realizes it needs the sun. And since every planet realizes it needs the sun, it's amazing how they don't go nowhere. They just go around and around and around. And if anything gets close enough to the sun, the sun is so strong, it'll pull it in. And all you got to do, just come, and it'll pull you in. It'll put you in the right place you want to be. There's no better place than to be in Jesus. There's no better place to be in his arms wrapped in peace. So just come to the S-O-N and let him be your shining star. And see how your life is all about him and wraps around him. And you'll find truly, as the songs say, there is none like him. That's why we like to sing from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Now we know that's not scientific because the sun does not rise nor set. We just move around. So can we change around and say, as I move around, I'm going to worship him. Where he sends me, I will worship him. Where I go, I will worship him because he is worthy. And so those who do not know him, there's a joy in knowing him. Now, to those who, I just want to share this, those who have not shouted and have not screamed at any of that stuff, that's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to educate on what, why we scream and why we shout. When I was in, when I was a baby, I was in shallow water. And when I was in shallow water, I wasn't worried of any danger. Because all I had to do was stand up on my own. I was out of the trouble I thought I was in. But as I matured, as I grew, I started adventuring out to deeper waters. And as I got out to deeper water, I started realizing on my own strength, I couldn't stand up and get out the water by myself. So I had to shout loud enough for somebody to hear me. I wasn't no longer ashamed, but I said, I need thee, Lord. I need thee. And he stretched out his arm and pulled me up out the mess I was in. So that's why I shout now. Because he's brought me from a mighty, mighty long ways. I don't care how you look at me. I don't care what you say about me. Because I know who set me free. I know who delivered me. I know who is strong. I know I am weak. And so that's why. So I just want to share why I shout. And you can learn to do so too. Because I'm practicing now. So when it's all over, I can pick up where I left off. My Bible says the, the, <laughs> the elders, those glorious creatures, lay down their throne. They, I mean, lay down their crowns before the throne. And they say, holy, 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 castes, castes. And they stop to start all over again. All I'm trying to tell you that if you can't shout now, win. 
Because when you get to heaven, that's what we're going to do is celebrate the King. I'm going to throw this one for free. I told you I was done, but he is strong. Strong enough that he came in flesh form. Strong enough to be all omnipotent God to become a slave in flesh. Strong enough to be obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Strong enough to be whipped uh, that night before and again on that day. Uh, strong enough to stand before Pilate says you don't have the authority but what God has given you. Strong enough to say I have the authority to lay down my life and pick it back up again. Uh, strong enough to put his hand where they nailed him to the cross. Uh, he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, strong enough while he's dying, bleeding on the cross to look at and say, take care of my mother. Mother, receive your son. Strong enough to tell that criminal on the cross to say, with me, you'll be in paradise. Uh, strong enough that when he dies, the earth shook, rays opened up, the sun refused to shine. Strong enough that when they buried him, in the grave. He was there only for a few days and got up on that early morning. Strong enough that he now has the name above every name that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Strong enough, he's coming back. I see my God like this. Where can I come and get my people? Lord, come. Will you be ready? Will you be ready? He is strong enough. No matter how big your problem is. Tell your neighbor, he's strong enough. Now how bad your relationship is, tell him he's strong enough. Tell him don't how bad your kid is, tell him he's strong enough. Tell him no how bad your bank account is, tell him he's strong enough. So you never know how bad your health is here. Strong enough. So, if you ain't getting nothing else this morning, he loves you. May we stand.